<laughs> Bow your shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back, friends, enemies, newcomers, old timers. This is Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Binge and Nerd. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> So we've got uh, oh, the, a lot to talk about now. again. A lot to, yeah, the bells have rang. Uh, rung? The bells have rang, so rung? we got to quit the podcast. Bells have rung is the past participle. Anyway, grammars for our other podcast, Grammatical. You can find that. It hasn't started yet because that'd be awfully boring. Um, yep. Any hoozle. So we're discussing Game of Thrones these days, like most of the world. Uh, if you're new to the show, where the fuck have you been? Welcome. Don't leave, please. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got some, uh, emails that come in. Uh, we need more of those. Cause I know everybody feels so strongly in the comment section and uh, tweeting directly at critics and stuff about the show. I want some of that to contribute. Right. Um, and that's part of what I want to talk about today is how strongly everybody feels about game of Thrones. Um, I find it very fascinating the way that, uh, fandom has turned in recent years into some kind of rabid business. Um, oh, it's and- crazy. Some people that I really respect saying some crazy things, too. I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to say in advance, just for me personally, I don't know any way to express myself except just to, to throw it all out there in an extremely offensive, rambling sort of way. Uh, so if I disagree with you and then practically name you in that, know that I only read what you had to say or heard it because I'm know a fan. Know that you're fucking wrong. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Right. Mostly <laughs> that. You. Uh, but I do have the utmost respect for everybody. You're, of course, allowed to feel however you feel about anything. Uh, but sometimes your feelings are wrong or, you mm-hmm. know, others disagree. And that's that's the way we say it. So uh, a few a little housekeeping things. You can email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at streamthingpod, uh, which... <laughs> That's typically it's not where any. Name. I know it's just. I don't know why. It's what we came up with. I, that was the best. No, I remember it was the best we it could do fit. at the time. The, no, it was just everything else is taken. Right. <laughs> so so it's like you can join option, the other seventeen followers <laughs> of that Twitter account, um, or follow me personally at C Michael Rudd. Uh, Andy, yours is um, Inkwell uh, Verbal, right? Yeah, that's it. At Inkwell Verbal, that is. Correct. And Steve, the one that's hardest to remember. <laughs> at Steve May 13. <laughs> you can remember it because it's my name and then the number 13 <laughs> numerically. Why didn't we just Hell do yeah. at streaming things 13? 
That's what I was just saying, dude. We should have pulled a Steve May with it. <laughs> it seems to work for Steve. Uh, so that's where you can find us. We've done a lot of coverage, uh, mostly on streaming things, which will be back in July. We've got some good plans for that. Um, you can now find us on Google Play. And if you're listening to this from an Android, likely you found us there. We Huzzah. fixed that issue. Thanks to Steve. Don't listen to the don't listen to the episode two episodes ago where we talk mad shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, it was thanks to Andy. Yeah. Yes. Andy's an elitist. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to discuss episode five, season eight. I cannot believe it's almost over. This one is titled the bells. What did you guys think about the Metallica song intro? Wasn't that crazy? I know. (laughs) 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 Fucking dope. (laughs) That would have been dope. Uh, didn't happen. (laughs) Totally made that up. Um, so this is a a divisive episode. I saw a, a graphic on the intranet where I think it's Rotten Tomatoes, each successive episode of this season has been more poorly reviewed than the last, which kind of surprised me. Um, Cause yeah. I definitely don't see like a linear decline in these episodes at all. I mean, did you, do you, do you folks feel that way? I would have thought that the second episode would have scored higher than the first, but that might've also Agreed. just been a recency bias because it had been two years. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, episode four was far and away the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, this one, spoilers, we haven't gotten to our uh, general reactions, but I, I liked it. It was my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I do want to apologize to a, a little bit. I don't I take back some of the strength with which I felt things about last episode. Uh, not my overall opinion. I think it was definitely the worst of the season, one of the worst of all time. <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> fully, but I've been listening to a lot of um, people who matter in the sense of, you know, people of color and women and people who have been assaulted and their takes. Andy. Andy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm on those uh, things. <laughs> the things that I took <laughs> issue with. And it's kind of, um, I don't know, painted uh, a different brush. Uh, painted with a different brush on my perspective a bit. Uh, and yeah. it, but the plot things that upset me are still, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of feel guilty about joining in the camp of GOT hate inadvertently through the way I felt with, you know what I mean? Like I felt some type of way about the last episode. And now that everybody is just, just like the show is ruined forever and oh my God and kill D and D and I'm like, Oh my God, no, 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 no. (laughs) What? Those are, it's just a show. They're people. Why? No. Yeah. Yeah. I think the season is very, can be characterized by people who just, um, for the most part, I mean, there are definitely, uh, problems that or mistakes that have been made during this season's run. Sure. But I feel like, people are amplifying a lot of things that aren't problems and or are just nits that they're picking to the point that it's in it's it's insanity like i was listening to a podcast um that was reviewing um this episode and they were they were complaining about um the location of of uh of somebody i forget exactly what it was but it was when they were talking about it they were like it was clear they had no clue what they were talking about because they had the characters wrong. Like, like, no, that's not like that person's dead. What are you talking about? Or they, they pronounce Miguel Sapochnik's name as Michael Sapanik. No, hell <laughs> yeah. Like, you f- fuck off. Was it a, was it a, <laughs> a giant, very popular podcast? Um, not for game of Thrones. Uh, but I huh. think they're a fairly big, 
media review podcast. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. I was just wondering. I'll put a flag there. I had a a, a nit to pick myself, but I, I agree with you. I think it's become kind of a game, and I wonder if you would agree. And I think Steve, you're g- gen- generally very positive on on this this season, so I doubt it tracks completely. Oh, well, thank but you. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it's not a compliment. It's just a fact. You feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> He's such a good guy. But I think that there's this disparity between uh, that it's book readers um, who feel generally more okay with how things are going. And I, I guess you could interpret that as a, you know, the real ending to the real story is yet to come <laughs> maybe. Um, right. And so there's a, not so much disappointment there, but also that any gaps that have been created by the speed with which they've ended the story or, um, you know, time travel issues or characterization misses are kind of filled in, in your brain, uh, kind of, I don't know, just subconsciously and paste it over. makes it prettier. You know what I mean? Um, at least that's my theory. And that it's people who are just, you know, jumped in when the show became a thing, probably even around season three or so, and just have been voraciously binging it since that are extremely upset. And they've just gotten lost in the whole Reddit theorizing culture. And I mean, people created uh, brackets at work. You know what I mean? Like a, right, like a March yeah. Madness bracket <laughs> for this show. And it obviously worse than any March Madness tournament could have gone. Like the, <laughs> right. the number 82 seed won in the first game. And then they just, the, the mascots committed suicide in the final four. Like it just wasn't even a basketball <laughs> game anymore. So they're just like, what the fuck? And, Dude, that's know. March madness. I want to watch. Fuck. <laughs> right. I would watch the sport ball at that. That's my that, theory that's on real madness. Right why there. they're feeling the way that they're feeling. I mean, you guys agree or do you, do you think that that has merit? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I do. I do think that uh, this is kind of something that, well, the uh, outcome of this episode, without jumping into spoilers immediately, um, was something that's been theorized since day one for book readers, you know what I mean? And so it's something that we've been more on the lookout for. And so when people are claiming character assassination and saying that things are being done that were completely coming out of left e- left field, I don't think that's true. I think that the threading has been extremely subtle, and they basically went from a scalpel to a sledgehammer in the course of an episode and a half. And I think that's the biggest issue. Like I I don't have a problem with the overall beat. I have a problem with the execution of it. And it's like we were talking about, I think last week, basically saying that this self-imposed deadline has been the biggest detriment to this entire season. It's Mm -hmm. just all of these really good things that would play so much better if they had a little time to breathe, feel like they're being done ham ham fisted because of how little time we have to take in what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's to the actor's credit that they are pulling at least some show watchers that don't read the books are still like, Hey, yeah, no, I get it. You know I mean? I think that, um, these actors are really, you know, um, carrying the weight of the show. I think that, uh, the double D's have kind of dropped the ball this season, especially because of that self-imposed deadline. But I do agree that I think that the book readers not only have kind of been on the lookout for things that the, uh, that just show watchers wouldn't have been. Um, I think that also we just have a little more backstory that 
the show watchers don't have you know what i mean we have a mm-hmm. little more understanding of the knowledge uh, understanding knowledge that's yeah clever um we have a little more understanding of the backstory <laughs> uh, of the world that Martin has built. And uh, when they talk about like the madness of the Targaryens, that's a super legit thing. It's not just, oh, here's, you know, Danny and her dad and those are the bad ones. It's like, no, this is like a genetic problem that has that they've dealt with for a long time because of inbreeding. And yeah, just a lot of stuff that I think that book readers have sort of missed out on. And, and I, I want to be clear readers. that and I can think I can speak for Andy that and this isn't a new theory I come up with. I think some people have written on it excessively, but I don't feel like in an elitist in, a, in an elitist way that the, the book readers are better than the shoe watchers. No, I just think all. it's just a different <laughs> perspective. Uh, and Steve, as a show watcher, uh, is, you know. Loathe to admit that as you are. <laughs> and a, and um, a book Wikipedia. You, how do you weigh I'm a, just a lowly show watcher. I don't <laughs> read books. <laughs> I merely look at them on my shelf and think, ah, oh, that's nice looking and go about my day. No, it's, it's interesting hearing you guys talk about that because, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I would love to see some sort of like um, polling or questionnaire done on this subject because I feel like it's, it, in reverse because the 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 book readers in my life that i know and talk to about the show are like fucking ripping their hair out really? and i rate right now and they've been the most vocal about the their disappointment in um this season in particular and i think it kind of crescendoed um with this past episode and and I and I've seen a lot more people on Twitter who are like me, just show watchers who've never read the books, who are like, "Hey, you know what, guys? I'm just watching the show because it's a TV show, and I like t- watching TV. It's great TV." Huh. Um, I'm not. See, and that again, seems I'm not like a really would... uh, measured, normal person response, and I haven't been privy to much of that, uh, honestly. At least not. A, I spend way too much time on the internet discussing Game of Thrones. I mean, in person, it's been pretty leveled, but. I guess I kind of surmised in a, in a weird elitist way. I just lied because I read comments and <laughs> I get in these conversations and I'm just creeping on and you see people like, Oh, what a f- fucking idiot, stupid show move uh, to never let them make a star Wars movie. It's, it's the obvious play was that Arya was wearing the night King's face and stabbed Cersei <laughs> And then when the blood touches her, you know what I mean, or whatever, you just like you're like, what? That's the yeah. worst idea ever. You clearly have never read a book. Like that's my assumption. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I just go ahead and jump there. Um. So yeah, that's that's my dick move, and that's another thing too. It, it's like so many folks want to weigh in on how you're supposed to to write and execute you know, a multi-million dollar show and a story that 150 million people watch and scrutinize right? that mm-hmm. have never, you know, got to see again, we, an English class in high school. You know, we, we said this in the beginning of the season is like, again, this, this show could literally reach out of the TV and give everyone consensual hand jobs and people would still bitch about emphasis on consensual. Things. Again, yeah, emphasis on consensual. <laughs> so I guess, but again, that's not, to, that's not to say the season doesn't have, hasn't made mistakes. Sure. Huge I, ones. I feel like it's, it's valid to say like that was a mistake. I don't agree with it, but I feel like the conversation so much around the show currently is so measured and steeped in just this hyperbole mm. that is just out of control. And like you said, like, Oh, the, 
like even um uh the guys on uh the bald move podcast they were losing their shit in a way that i've never heard them usually they're the ones that are very common can i was gonna bring that up things. and that's the ones that i was kind of alluding to dropping names I, won- I wondered if you were talking about them bald move it for those that don't know is local they're in the same they're also a cincinnati based podcast you know much more successful than us but we- way less more successful <laughs> <laughs> so i have, I have to the check utmost, the numbers but i'm um, pretty sure we get more downloads right i have like adjacent <laughs> admiration uh for them for that reason alone and but i actually really like them i think that they're um what's the word very relaxed like uh i like to listen to and you know very normal people-y and whatever the fucking mm-hmm. word for that is uh more plebs down watching earth. tv down to earth, earth. that's not Personable. a word it's an expression but it's what i was looking for so thank you for <laughs> reading my mind but yeah i was listening to their review on the bells and i was um i i don't know i'm not taking it personally really but just kind of shocked that how vehement they were and and in my opinion what a bad take that they were having mm-hmm. on the show i mean just they were just like just and i only listened to the instant take i'll be honest with you but um i like they yeah like steve mentioned they were just extremely pissed off like this whole fucking show's ruined they could not have fucked this up worse fuck dan and david uh, i hope they never fucking do anything ever again uh, and <laughs> the one even brought up uh, somebody suing Dan and David. For yeah, how yeah. Poorly, but, they've managed the show, and wow. he was half joking, but still, it was kind of like uh, uh, no. <laughs> and I think it was Aaron. He went into this long rant about how it seems like he's trolling the world, and that they're purposefully pissing on the show right now. And uh, which wow. he was again kidding, but it was like that's too. F- I mean, seriously, is that how you fucking feel? Like, and coming off of an episode that. I genuinely really loved. I was like really shocked. Um, I turned off that instant take about five minutes into it, dude. I was like, wow, fuck these guys. Like, don't get me wrong. I love their (laughs) podcast and I listened, I listened to a lot of their shows, but that was just like, man, you guys need to take a step back for a second. Like you're, you're looking at, you you know, it it is what it is. Like we're all entitled to our opinions on it, but they're just like reigning within those first five minutes. Like, you know fucking salt the earth fuck this show and fuck everything and the clay game well was cool but fuck everything else i'm like oh god i can't <laughs> um, so game of thrones was defense. king's landing and bald move was daenerys and drogon is that exactly. what you're saying and you're exactly. just like whoa they rang the whoa. bells bro whoa, that's what you're thinking exactly <laughs> so it's steve that what you were saying about the uh reversal of the takes that you've been seeing i wonder honestly sometimes whether it's just uh book reader resignation to a certain extent like been That's waiting true. been waiting about 30 years now since the last book you know give or take so uh it's there, this, there this, is almost a cynical side to book readers who are like we'll, we'll never see this yeah we'll never see the end of this story so it's like this is as good as it's gonna get and hey cool I, that, that was a theory that i was hoping might play out and it did and sweet you know what i mean and right whatever you know enjoy it and in defense and i'm sure we'll say this in the um you know, the overall episode where we end our Game of Thrones coverage for good and all. Um, but in defense of Dan and David, um, or you know what I mean? Um, the double D's. The double dizzles. We always um, kind of say it's the common thread. Why don't they just stretch it out to 10 seasons or, or you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, another few hours at least would have been great to space some things out, add some scenes. And that's all true. But first, the first point I want to make is that... <clears throat> Nobody expected them to do as well as they've done with this show, at least, you know, as somebody who had read the books many times when it was even announced it might be in production. It was just like this. Oh, fuck. Don't 
you know what I mean? Don't do that. There's no fucking way. It's not yeah. possible. And they obviously proved everyone wrong. They've created a product that, um, uh, you know, an art that everyone appreciates to some degree or usually it's used to. Uh, it's taken the world by storm. But then as a, as a human being, I was driving home tonight and I was trying to think, and I can't imagine being creatively successful at all, much less to the, the extent that the double D's have been. And, you know, if you spend <laughs> eight, nine, 10 years of your life doing one thing, no matter how successful, no matter how wonderful it is. And, you know, we're all, you know, artists to some degree, we have all these projects we want to do short film ideas and comic book ideas and podcast ideas. And it's hard enough to raise children and do all these normal things and try to create those at all. Right. And to start mm. something at 31 and then still be doing it at 40. You know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. your kids was two and now, you know, she's 11 and you're still fucking doing this one thing and you have all these other great ideas. Yeah. I can imagine being like, dude, I, I just want to do something else. You know, I can totally see that. I was just Make driving a home. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. May or may not have something to do with that, that Disney money. <laughs> that kind of kills that. But you know what I mean? It was heartfelt. I was trying. I'm like Tyrion no, trying totally to defend Daenerys right now. Um, that's what I was thinking, but. It I guess we should I mean, get to the I mean, episode soon. And we've said it plenty of times. They're in a no-win scenario where they have to adapt. They sign on to adapt these books, and those books didn't get finished in the time that they hoped. So now they just kind of have to, you know, make this whole show without the person who created the world helping them at yeah. the moment. So, I mean, I can understand wanting to kind of like, well, let's get through this. Let let George have have it his way. We'll, we're not going to take 20 years to finish. We can't do that with a TV show. Right, right. <laughs> Did you and guys I feel see? like it's, it's so disgusting, like the what have you done for me lately mentality and the, the, the mash cuts of all the actors who are disappointed as well and like this just systemic takedown for clicks on the, you know, the creators, the showrunners. Um, oh, for yeah. something that has been uh, wonderful for the most part, like 98% just brilliantly executed, awesome part of all of our lives for so long. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's got me like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I mean definitely criticize works of art and see what could have been done better and uh you know extrapolate intention and meaning and that's the whole point of art that's wonderful but like fuck you yeah uh, there's a difference yeah. between saying like oh i don't agree with that choice or oh i don't think that was the right i think that was a mistake there's a difference between saying that and then going we should sue the double d's for destroying the franchise <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that's that's not constructive Bound with and, Weiss and their whole families yeah um, it doesn't yeah. help did, anything, uh, but, did you guys see I mean, where the actor that plays Barristan Somi claimed at, at some convention recently that uh, George Martin has actually finished the last two books and came to an agreement with uh, HBO and Benioff and Weiss that he wouldn't publish them until the end of the series? I did not see that. Isn't that oh, fucked up? I'll like, it I, when I see it. Martin has since debunked it, but like, isn't that the most fucked up thing? Like. I well one if it were true how fucked up would that be I mean it would make sense I think on a uh, on a you know sales basis alone at least for HBO to pay him a bunch of money to not detract from what would what the trajectory that they ended up deciding to take the show because obviously it's going to be significantly different but also uh, it's just fucked up I think that for an actor to just go out and lie. I don't know where he got that kind of information. You know what I mean? Assuming yeah. that it is completely well, not true. Like who the fuck told him that to where he believed it? You know, he's not the, he's not the first person involved with the uh, TV show production. Who's been told um, 
not the same exact story, but a similar type of scenario where like, oh, George is, he's finished this book. It's coming out this. And then they'll say it later. He's not the first person to do that. Hmm. Um, I think it's just, he's, he, I don't think he lied. I think he was just told something. He was saying what he was told and it was just never a true thing to begin with. He was hmm. just saying what he had been told like third hand by somebody in the yeah, offices. Right. I've had much more, um, <laughs> I've always thought that 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 Martin has had much more done than he lets on and that they will come out in rapid succession uh, at mm -hmm. some point. I've always believed that. And uh, I was among the people that kind of I wasn't angry at all because that guy do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but it's your life. Like, you know, I don't you don't owe me anything. I thank you for the bits that you've given me. But um, I was a little, I guess, annoyed or confused when he came out with, you know, fire and blood, the history. Um, and then before that, the world of ice and fire and all these other things that take a lot of time, uh, to put together as mm -hmm. neat as they are to look at. And then I thought recently, like that seems like an HBO or whoever owns the real shit, like Viacom or whatever, right. Uh, interference. And like, I need you to publish this dense text of surrounding histories and world building to give us to drive interest in a basis for spinoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it was just absolutely. really well timed to release that a year or two ago. Now so many more dumbasses know about uh, the, you know, the fist of the first men and the children and the Andals and the history yeah. of old Valyria. And like, you know what I mean? There's the spread that the knowledge and to stuff. make room for spinoffs. And I was like, Holy shit. That's why everybody's like, fuck you, George. And he's like, they, <laughs> they made me do it. <laughs> he's <laughs> wiping his tears with thousand dollar bills. Like. Yeah. He's got bruises and cum all over him. Like, <laughs> Um, oh. anyway, I don't know why I just feel like Viacom is, what are they, what are they doing to poor girl, poor girl? Viacom. That's just how I pictured it. Okay. Please we, don't we, hot pie my face again. <laughs> Give it him the old hot skeet, pie. Skeet, 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 skeet. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, season, season eight, episode five, the bells. Uh, let's dive in real quick, I guess. Um, overall thoughts, whoever wants to start, just dive right in rudely. Go. Take it, Steve. Uh, so this episode is the perfect example of a, of a show doing, making a lot of choices that I don't agree with, but executing them so well that by the end of the episode, I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. Um, there's really only one thing and we'll get to it later, but there's really only one thing that I am 110% against that I, I absolutely do not like all of us, but but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But overall, I thought this was an incredibly strong, powerful, uh, episode that was really, really good. And it, it was, it told the story they wanted to tell. Now, again, I think Andy, what you said about, you know, maybe having story beats with a longer season where you can lead up to some of these motivations would make it more clear and more natural in the moment. Mm -hmm. But if this is the story they're telling, you know, damn, if they didn't do it in a, make that statement in a powerful way. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, I agree 100% with what Steve said. I'm guessing that we probably have the same thing that we 110% hate about the episode. But Clegane uh, Bowl? You no, know. <laughs> no. That, 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 that part was fucking dope. Um, yeah, no, uh, like the, the takes on... Uh, 
it, I called Chris as soon as the episode was over. I was like, dude, I know we got to save like our hot takes for the show and everything, but fuck, I need to talk to somebody. That was fucking awesome. Like there was a point in the episode <laughs> where I, I paused it, literally just said out loud, holy shit, and then hit play again. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I needed a breather for a second. And it was it was such a good episode. Like it was brutal and heartfelt and just like the cinematography was fucking phenomenal and the yeah. effects were great. And like, Beautiful. I, you know, the, the, one of the big problems that this season I think has had is that it focuses, it is focused far too much on spectacle and kind of let story and character development fall by the wayside to, uh, to its detriment. But the spectacle in this episode was fucking on point and being able to see everything during this giant battle was fucking dope too. I will say that. Um, but, yeah, like I thought the performances were all like absolutely tight. Mm-hmm. Ev- everybody killed it with one giant exception, but he's never killed it. Uh, but everybody that matters it's, killed it. Uh, it's the best Amelia Clark has ever been, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Chris? Um, I'm really curious what it is that you guys didn't like so much and that probably matches up. I'm wondering if I also didn't like it and I'm just unable to remember. But uh I really love this. Bowl. I really love this episode. Uh, <laughs> people are going to turn this off, Steve, and that's all they're going to remember. Is Steve hated Clegane Bowl. I had to poop. I no, forgot to go back it, to it because I like Bald Move more. And then I'm actually not, tweeting it's Bald Clegane Move Bowl. to tell them what shit talkers these other little fuckers in their city are. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought the episode was amazing, especially coming from the low low of last week for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like uh, I got some really bad dope and I fell out and had a seizure last week and I've been in the hospital. And then as soon as I got out, I called up my D boy and he was like, I'm really sorry, man. And gave me some fucking fire shit, you know, uh, just a little metaphor for all the drug addicts. out there that <laughs> love Game of Thrones. <laughs> Steve went a little wide eyed there. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Um, you guys talking about marijuana? <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's so funny to read people's comments and say, it, like repeatedly, I mean, the, the art design is incredible. The costume design is stellar. I cannot believe what the effects department's been able to do. Uh, the acting is some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, the editing's phenomenal. Wow, the score. But oh my God, those plot beats, the writing's so terrible. Fuck this whole show. Fuck the world. And like, I'm like, you can't yeah, yeah. do that. <laughs> you literally just said that 600 out of the 612 people that worked on this show did the best job you've ever seen and gave it a two out of 10 right afterwards. Like you cannot do that. That's not okay. That doesn't make any mathematical sense. You're terrible at math. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I was shocked at how well they pulled this off. Um, and yeah, I have to agree a hundred percent on all of that. And, uh, I didn't even, as much as I hated this too, game of Thrones has never given me, that's the whole point of it. Do you know what I mean? Like if I had my way as a 12 year old boy, when I first picked up this book, this show would be terrible. Eddard Stark would be the king and Danny would be married to John and they'd have, you know what I mean? They'd just be slaying weird monsters and just, it'd be awesome. And it would be terrible. You know what I mean? It'd be a sex um, scene every three pages. Every, probably two. Uh, I don't know why I lessened it by one page and I feel like it was a one up. Nay, two. Wait. I would have had it every page. <laughs> I do want to say real quick in a general way for listeners that, that are familiar. So Steve's wife 
has always just violently opposed this mad queen trajectory uh, as uh, <laughs> what she call it? Poppycock, I believe. Um, a poppycock. So how poppycock. did your how did She's your wife said poppycock? How did your wife <laughs> take it? I mean, I just I would love to have been a fly in the room for for last um, week. Not is she well. okay? She hasn't left that room. Is the problem? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's there. There has been a weight in the in the household ever since. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's she's she she has not enjoyed the 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 direction they took her character at all. She's um she's she she feels I think she feels betrayed by you know having because ha- she has been a book reader. She's been with the books you know pretty much her whole life and she feels almost betrayed that she like gave so much into you know rooting for this character that she really liked and then like in one episode turns around and becomes a genocidal maniac Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and and so i i feel like you know that that you know almost got to her on a personal level in a a way because she's she's you know she's daenerys's like number one fan i think yeah um so it, it hasn't been received well from her (laughs) and i think you said something there and this is jumping ahead but that's kind of what we have to do if i feel like at this point in the series um you know the whole beat by beat thing that we do is just a it's very taxing with the show in particular because we love so much about every shot but uh (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm so sorry my wife is in the bedroom trying to sleep and i guess she can hear me and she just texted me in all caps she is not a genocidal maniac Exactly. And I think the whole linchpin around which this turns, whether or not you're enjoying what's going on or you're buying it at its heart, if you are an earnest person and not just a troll, it's do you buy that this was a wonderful path that was laid brick by brick and culminated in this horrifying turn? Or do you believe it was sudden and unearned and therefore is it infuriating? Right. And I think for me, I think there's you know, auditory evidence of me, you know, saying, I don't, I don't know, Steve. I mean, there's, she's got some really bad tendencies that could easily be a red herring, but very much looks like plotting toward a certain inevitability uh, as much as I hate it, because I think it's badass that she murders people. Like a lot of my favorite heroes are kind of murderous assholes. I'm cool with it. Mm. Um, but I don't think at all that in this episode, there's like this shocking unasked for turn, but we can, I guess, get to that later. Um, yeah, just let me blow through some things. Stop me when you want to talk about Steve. You're smiling. Is she still blowing you up on your phone? Oh yeah. She sent me like 10 texts. That's, all, that's <laughs> the, awesome. The best one is fuck all those people. They deserve to burn. Danny needs a hug and a fuck and fuck the rest. Fuck D and D fuck the fat man. I think she means germ. Um. <laughs> I thought she, you were going to say she needs a hug and D because that's what you said at first. I mean, she, I mean, I mean, which is kind of how she got John, so pissed off. If John Snow had just given her the D, maybe she wouldn't have killed all those people. Denied it. That was the last fucking straw for her. Um, So it was interesting. Right in the previously on section in the opening, uh, we had something. I loved it. Very interesting that they decided to do there. Some people thought it was like a low uh, elementary blow. And some people thought it was really good. But it recolored the whole Danny thing and added audio over an angry Danny's face um, of past seasons, uh, you know, Viserys whispering, don't want to wake the dragon. And it just really dove right into the, the mad queen. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I can see the interpretation that some critics have said, you clearly haven't laid enough groundwork for this turn if you have to do that. But I just thought it was an artful reminder for folks. I don't know. You guys, you took it well, Steve? I took it really well. I, I thought it was really neat. Just, I mean, if anything, because I was a huge fan of Viserys as a character. So when just hearing him say, like, don't wake the dragon at the mm-hmm. top of the episode, it gave me chills. Like, ooh, that's Viserys. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, you know, you know, this this whole, for most of the series, I've always been kind of like, I've been a fan of Danny, but I've also thought that, oh, maybe, you know, I, I think there is some truth to this mad not mad queen but they're but going crazy and killing a bunch of people maybe because i mean she does it all the time mm-hmm, i mean she's right. killed a ton of people in the past but most of them have deserved it um but i always used to joke around with my wife like oh she's gonna turn evil and you know that would be kind of fun but then in the, but these recent maybe two or three seasons i haven't been doing that as much because they it seemed like they were kind of going more towards you know danny's you know she actually is you know, not what her, her father is. She, she's, a she's a, a quote unquote, like the, the Jon Snow of Essos, you know? Right. And, but then when they like do this turnaround, you know, at first I was like, I feel like it is a bit rushed, but I, at the same time, I don't feel like it's unnecessary. I feel like the, the critique of like, oh, you haven't laid enough groundwork. That's why you threw all those lines in at the top. It's like, well, no, they did all the groundwork. That's why there's lines at the top. Right. That's why there's lines to pull you know? from. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're there. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, they just so, did like a flashback at the beginning to her, like, you know, fucking kicking dogs and stuff in the street. Yeah. Like, this is what <laughs> she's really scenes, like. Add scenes. <laughs> um, so then we open uh, with Varys uh, doing, I think, a crossword puzzle. Um, I couldn't see, I couldn't see very clearly. No, so he's writing letters, presumably to all the powers that be in Westeros about the true lineage of Jon Snow and that he's actually Aegon Targaryen. You could see, um, hidden by Eddard Stark and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really well done how they did that because there was a big pile of already rolled up ones for Ravens. And then, and next scene when he's writing more, those are all gone and he's just working on another one that he burns. Uh, so that was well done. So presumably he sent them out, right? Uh, he tweeted did them you out. Like the, done. Uh- did you did you guys pick up on that he was trying to poison Danny? Yeah, the little girl like she 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 won't eat. Um, yeah. Oh I, no, I did not get that. Yeah. So the little girl comes in, says she won't eat, and he says, "Give it time." And it's like the soldiers are watching me. Of course they are. You know, uh, the the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. So, and then it's a callback to season one, right? Uh, Grandmaster Pycelle says. Uh, <laughs> ponderous tome. <laughs> and then he says, Poison, your grace is a weapon of women and eunuchs. <laughs> yes. That's what he said. Women and eunuchs. So yep. it, do you Thank think you that, that, me I mean, that little girl is, I guess maybe not still good. alive. Uh, yeah. She probably burnt, huh? Uh, eh. I mean, she was at Dragonstone when that was going down. So. I, I mean, she was probably oh, used true, as a true, toothpick true. for Drogon. She works for Daenerys. So, yeah. Do yeah. you think, uh, what do you think they're going to do with this thread? I don't think that they can have a strange, random little girl kill Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, but do you think that the little girl will be discovered trying to poison her and uh, cause Daenerys to be pushed even more into paranoia and anger? Uh, or what? I think that little girl's probably still at Dragonstone and now Danny's firmly set at Kings. I, I don't think that's a thread that's going to come back. I think that was just a, uh, I didn't even pick up that it was poison that was trying mm-hmm. to happen. So, yeah. you know, uh, 
Yeah, kudos to you. Well, guys if you didn't pick it up, up, it probably doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, totally. I'm I mean, just kidding. Just made I'm just for kidding. Me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but uh, I, 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 going going with that scene, what he does next. Did what I didn't understand was the taking off of the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, when he gets when busted, they, when they come to get him. Yeah, yeah. So that, he tries that, to talk like to John, and then later. Tyrion fucking drops a dime on him. Oh, I'm snitches. sorry. I forgot about the John scene. Yeah. 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 So, he, well, bad. yeah, he tries to bravely and very unvarus like, like, right. Right. So to just come right out. and be, But I guess he's running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tyrion snitches on him, drops a dime. Danny blames Tyrion and uh, ultimately John because she told him and she's right. Okay, I told you this is what would happen. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, but I guess it was kind of like a he knew he was walking to his death. Um, mm-hmm. kind of thing like his ceremonial disrobing. Um, he should have came out there butt ass fucking naked, with his, uh, <laughs> just with his no dick. Like, hey, you guys it's just me. wondering. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like. You know, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> didn't want you to melt my rings. Want my friend, my Root little friends need stem. to pawn them. Did you say Wu Tang Clan? Root and stem. Oh, okay, was, that would have been really baller. That was hilarious. Right as Varys is about Wu-Tang. to get roasted, he just goes Wu Tang, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it's canon. We're really plowing along in this uh, erudite critique. Um, really, really cool. Uh, a really cool death scene, though. I mean, you had a really oh, touching moment with with him and um, Tyrion. I loved it uh, so much. I, I, I really love that. Um, it destroyed me seeing, when Tyrion looked at him and said. It was me. And then Varys, the linchpin of that, just nodded like, right on, bro. At least you're honest. You know what I mean? Like, I hope I deserve this. That was such a good line, too. That was such a good line. I hope I deserve this. (laughs) Truly, I do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I deserve this. That was a really good Varys. And then seeing Drogon just kind of appear. He totally fucking Jurassic parked so it straight dope. out of the yeah, darkness, dude. like the T-Rex. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt mm-hmm, like I yeah. should have seen the Starbucks cup from the other episode, just with the liquid moving <sighs> as he stomps forward. <laughs> that was so well done. Fucking loved it. And then Danny, though, different. Ice cold, resolute, probably the calmest we've ever heard her utter the word Dracarys, right? Yeah, dude, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, it, it was Dracarys. You know I mean? It was super mm-hmm. chill. Like, all right, you motherfuckers, let's do this shit. It was awesome. And Very it was so chill. sad. Drogon really made a meal out of that Dracarys too. He was like, well, I mean, it's going to get me a bunch of I kept wondering what was about to happen. Like, he usually spits Didn't, it right away. He stretches out. stretches the food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pull a hammy when I Dracarys this motherfucker. <laughs> and that's so He's just strange. smoking like, a cigarette afterward. I just Dracarys so hard. And it, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the turn, too. People think it's later. But if she had shown mercy discuss things with Varys. do you know what i mean how how better to prove that she's not what he fears than to do anything other than just burn him right and i understand right. it's treason she's very angry um and i think that's what the showrunners have laid out she doesn't have missandei she doesn't have jora she doesn't have barristan right no one to talk her off of any ledges, which is those characters serve to do that throughout the show many times. And she would acquiesce. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Um, like she would definitely listen to Jay bear mm-hmm. or, uh, and I mean, even miss Sunday kind of told her to, to do it in a way or in, right. in, in, in some way gave her blessing. Like, yo, light these fools up last episode, right before mm-hmm. she died. Uh, but Jay bear definitely would have been like, at least he don't. Right. Uh, and <laughs> she wouldn't have, 
she she's lost her rock. She's lost her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jon Snow ain't 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 giving her that love. So now all she's got is that fear. And she and literally I, lost one of her quote unquote children. Like, I, I time doesn't make any sense in the show anymore. But a few days before that, presumably week, recently, right? Yeah. So she's had a shitload of loss um, in the very recent past. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought one of my favorite parts about this sequence is the way that they made Daenerys look. Uh, she looked so haggard and there were circles under her eyes and mm-hmm. you know, world weary. And it just kind of, uh, just, you know, crazy and distraught. And when the shot, when Tyrion walks into the room, she's staring out the window at Dragonstone mm-hmm. Um and I kind of laughed for a second, like, oh, she doesn't have anybody to help her with her makeup and hair because she got her head cut off. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's what happens when your BFF gone. Uh, well, mate, and the foreshadowing yeah. there when Tyrion walks in to tell her, like, somebody betrayed you uh, he, and he walks by that giant mural uh stone thing on the wall of the huge angry dragon head and like how he's walking up all timidly past this giant mm-hmm. angry fucking dragon that was beautiful it's really what well, the cinematography in this episode was unreal it was so yeah good. it was fucking stellar for sure um so we get the varus roast um and they're in the throne room and uh that's where Tyrion's like if they ring the bells you know we let them give them a chance to surrender or whatever yeah, we find out that uh, Jamie's been captured, trying to get back in, trying to get to King's Landing. Landing. Yep. Um, and then Daenerys says, "Like, hey, if you fail me again, it's gonna be the last time you fail me, motherfucker." Mm-hmm. Uh, Which was fucking deep or dark for her. You know what I mean? To Tyrion. Well, she's gone. She's mm-hmm. been like that before, especially with Tyrion. But again, usually people to mitigate it and her surrounding mm-hmm. counselors, and there's just no one now. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys noticed when her, her talk with John, where he says, you know, you're my queen. I love you. And she's like, well, fuck me then. And he's like, well, not like you're my aunt. So I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but like, that's not cool in the north. Like you're hot, but it makes me feel funny. Um, <laughs> that whole exchange. <laughs> Daenerys is framed by the flames and the fire behind her. Every time it cuts to her profile close up and then it's John cold and lonely and then Daenerys wreathed in frame flames. I just thought that was so fucking well done on my rewatch. I was thinking about that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but that's one thing I was talking to Andy when he called me. I can totally buy that. I don't know. I just when did John fall romantically out of love with her? I know he's been awkward and trying to process things, but when she tries to passionately kiss him and he's just cold and dead of, I don't know. That's one thing I definitely did not see coming. I don't know. I guess you guys were all for when it. his but. defense, it, this was post Varus barbecue. So right. he could just be like, um, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> I actually really liked that guy. Yeah. And it smelled funny. You know? Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, Maybe it turns her on. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. But I think it, but, I, but, but you're, but it's probably is something deeper. It's probably a combination of the fact that he knows what their relationship is now that she's really his aunt and he's from the North and that's frowned upon up there. So he's mm-hmm. probably like, Oh, gross. You're right. uh, but Which he's still, being a little bitch about it I in mean, my opinion, but it's whatever. He's, he's being a little bitch. <laughs> um, it's Amelia Clark, bro. Come on. <laughs> right. Uh, so then we move to Jamie freeing Tyrion um other way around 
That's what I meant. I wrote freed by Tyrion, but I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. So I fucked it uh, up. Word. Uh, <laughs> Jamie's freed by Tyrion, which is a weird <laughs> passive way to write. That's terrible writing. It's like Benioff and Weiss wrote that sentence for something. <laughs> but um, uh, so <laughs> another grammar joke. Anyway, at very at just the first, wait for that new show. <laughs> at the outset, <laughs> I was I was kind of like he's being really fucking stupid again. But I really, overall, I love this scene. Uh, it was not only a great moment between the two brothers, and you realize how much he really meant to Tyrion the entire time, but I think that that's a wonderful thing for Tyrion's character to do. You know, it's it's not stupid, it's heroic. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. knows that there's a 98% chance that this act will be the one that kills him or gets him killed, but it has to be worth trying to save the people of the city, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know how you might feel some type of way about the effectiveness of his plan yet again. Like, the same know. plan at the same plan every time. Right. Uh, Release uh, the cripple and go talk to Cersei. Is this the thing a, you guys hate? No, 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 no. But no, he no. just like a, a, appeal to she's got something to live for. She's got a child appeal to yeah. her sense of motherhood. And it's like, right. you've been trying that for like five episodes, bro. It, that ain't going to work. But never but through I, Jamie. But I love- recently true <laughs> but right. i loved how jamie was jamie said like it's precisely because she's pregnant that she won't give up power right like the you've got it all wrong it's the, the because she has a baby like she's definitely not hold, like giving up her power at all mm-hmm. um but then again like i mean if anybody could say hey run away with me yeah. i guess it could be jamie even though she just you know paid Bronn to go kill him but hey whatever how do you guys <laughs> truck with um a lot of people feel like jamie's arc has been ruined by this return to Cersei. And I don't feel that way at all. I think his addiction to Cersei is it tracks and it doesn't make his arc wasteful at all. He did a shitload of extremely wonderful, heroic things uh, that affected the world, even though he had done horrible, terrible things in his life and he left a decent mark upon the world. And I think it's still an arc. I don't think it, uh, it doesn't bother me in the bit. Uh, what do you guys think? Did you really think, Jamie was going to live in a hovel and have babies with uh, Brienne because I feel like that's really fucking bad writing. But, you know, I mean, people just kill me. <laughs> I, I was a shipper of uh, Brienne and Tormund. So the, uh, Jamie and Brienne getting together, like the sooner it was over, the better for me, because uh-huh. I was I was still feeling it for my homie that uh, just got sent packing up north. But uh, <clears throat> no, I, I, I didn't think for a second that he was going to stay with Brienne. In fact, I was surprised when they even took it as far as they did. Um, I kind of I always thought that it was going to be a he goes back to Cersei because he can't help himself. And I thought that the Valencar prophecy was going to play itself out in that way, that it was going to be like he can't he goes back yet again. And like she's so far gone that he has to do something about it. Obviously Mm -hmm. didn't play out that way, at least in the show. But um, that's another thing that upsets a lot of people. But the Valencar prophecy was actually never in the show. Right, which is hard yeah. for us to remember sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I, so I'm not the, one of the people who are like, Oh, it's ruined, but I am, I did not like the way they did it. Um, this is, this is the thing I do not like. It is. Uh, oh yeah. Um, for, and there's two reasons behind it. The, the first being, you know, obviously with Jamie, um, just because I feel like they did do so much work to his character to redeem him. And then he does kind of, he finally like gets with Brienne and he's like kind of redeemed himself. And he's like, Oh no, I gotta go back to Cersei. And I thought he was going back there to make sure that, um, somebody put an end to Cersei. Like he was like, he felt his role in, in helping Cersei be evil for so long 
um, would motivate him to go down there to kind of right the final wrong that he had, and he would probably give him give his life, and it would be a poetic if he died with her, but you know he was the reason why she died. Um, and then the other reason why I did not like this at all was I felt that, you know, Cersei and Jamie dying in each other's arms, cool, but it was such a fucking unsatisfying end for both characters. They just got rubble falling on them. Mm. Like to the point where at the end of the episode where they do the, the, the behind the scenes kind of vignette, um, when they get to that part, they barely mention Cersei dying. Yeah. Like it's all, it's focused on Jamie dying and not the fact that the, the, the central, almost pr- practically the central villain of the entire series, um, you know, doesn't have this grand, doesn't have this satisfying send off. Doesn't have this like poetic justice. Doesn't even have like I felt like the tragicness of it didn't wasn't as impactful as I felt it should have been, and it just is completely like Cersei hasn't done anything really all season. She's just kind of like looked out a window and then every now and then like hey you're on let's do it, yeah. um, <laughs> and then looked looked out some more windows and it's like oh no now the sky's falling on me. I thought there was going to be a thing where like she would refuse to ring the bells because she's a fucking asshole and yeah. just doesn't care if all these people die. I think and there's a couple Jamie things kill her. like that that would have sank their teeth into this show better. But um, yeah. And I just remembered what it was that I hated about this episode. And Andy and I do agree. So we'll get there in a second. But so don't you think, though, that isn't it beautiful and sad and wonderful that Cersei is this giant, monolithic, just cruel, evil person, especially since all of her children died. Uh, And then at the end is just reduced to this terrified little girl who seeks the only person who has ever been hope and protection to her and then sees her in the rubble and dust, you know, against all odds. And he gets to hold her and while she mumbles and whimpers, I don't want to die. You know, the terrifying Cersei Lannister, that's how she goes. And everybody's like, I wanted some awful death for her. And I'm like, you don't think as like this extremely prideful, powerful, crazy, strong person to just mm-hmm. whimper, I don't want to die while thousands of pounds of rubble fall upon you and kill you and your unborn child is a terrible way to die. Right after you've seen all of your plans and designs crumble before you in the most horrific way possible. Right. I, I think that's a terrible way to die. When you say it like that, like I can get behind the general idea of that. Mm hmm. But I feel like this was the one thing that was not executed well in this episode, just because it seemed like such an afterthought compared to everything else that was happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those characters merited more time or more of an emotional scene that like lingered on it a little bit more or, Mm -hmm. you know, give Cersei something to do this season. She like and I feel like, you know, she she was this bad guy and she did nothing except just wait to die this entire season. Right. To me, that's what's a huge bummer. About she killed Miss Sande, though. Like she kind of was the catalyst for all of that. You know, she had a moment there with Tyrion where she was like, you know, she teared up a little bit when Tyrion was appealing to her sense of motherhood for the umpteenth time, and but then was like, no, I can't do what he's going to tell me to do. In turn, she's like, if you have any last words, now's the time. But she pulled and a Lena, fucking. Uh, Lena doesn't need much to just be oh, yeah. phenomenal, and hopefully, she finally gets her Emmy from like, from this oh, season. Sure. 
when Danny makes I her love- turn for the worse, <laughs> like all she does is like open her mouth the tiniest bit. Lena, I mean, her reaction to it, and it was fucking perfect. Like she is such a good yeah. facial expression actress. Yeah, she pulled a fucking the switch cut- from the, the cut- Matrix, though. Did you notice that? She's like, not like not this. like this. And yeah, she gets unplugged not like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did love all the cutaways to her looking out the window, and you're gonna see like, oh shit, written all over her face. Yeah, yeah. Right. and I, I thought it was so satisfying to me because there were all these really intelligent people saying that they were rooting for Cersei to rule the, to win the game of Thrones. Like it's an actual game that anybody's going to win. Um, and because she's the only one that's done smart things. And I just thought that was the most awful outlook on the world. And there's nothing that she does. That's that smart. I mean, she's had Kyburn and some other people helping. And before that Tyrion and prior to that Tywin and you know what I mean? Like not to, to take anything away from her being a strong, smart woman. She definitely is. I'm just saying, I just thought that, that was the most idiotic and I know that they're kind of almost trolling and they're just angry with the show, but it was, and just to watch her, this delusional, psychotic, crazy person, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just, no, it's going to be fine. The, the red keep never falls. And you know, it's just, it's so sad and so satisfying to me on one level. Like, yep, there's your fucking queen. She's clearly delusional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just, just one scorpion bolt's all it takes. But my lady, all of them are destroyed, you know. It's, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the Lannister soldiers are defend us to the last man, and they're all just throwing down their swords and we're like, oh shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> Run I away. love that people call Monty it Python. like an action. Run away. Right. People call it an actual game, fucking Cersei with the buzzer beater from half court. But so uh talking about the Jamie arc that leads us into uh Steve the other norm worst thing about this episode and about this whole fucking series as the a only whole. terrible thing. And this is was so fucking stupid was Euron just fucking climate climbing ashore like sup bro let's fight like, I, i'm a kraken from the sea that's what i really he said. wish he would have said sup bro that would be hilarious <laughs> that's basically what happened he's like let's let's just fucking fight man because why not you know what i mean like this is no motivation whatsoever he's like I, i'm a king by the way no you're not sure i am you know i fucked the queen that makes me a king right and just like it was so fucking stupid and the fight choreography there was bad and like i and then like jamie fucking kills him and he's looking at like i fucking killed you is is i'll your legs right away you know like oh my I, god i i really like the way it ended like it however it's totally their version of euron not the books at all mm-hmm. but for him to be like i'm the man that killed jamie lannister it just He's, you know, totally self-absorbed, you know, fucking. He's a glass half full kind of guy. Right. He's the, you know, he's the Johnny Depp pirate, you know, so that's that fit that for me. But in the fight choreography was fine. I, I kind of liked it. I just thought the fact that he's there at all, like the odds of yeah. him being the only survivor of the Iron Fleet and crawling up out of the ocean at exactly that moment at exactly that spot on the beach was so bad that mm-hmm. it, it drove me crazy. Um, and I don't necessarily know that he's dead. I hope he is. Cause I don't really want any more. you It just reminds me of it's kind of Dorn for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he took a severe gut wound. I'm sure he's mortally wounded, but that takes, right. you know, six, seven hours to bleed out from a wound like that. And I wouldn't be super shocked if we saw gray worm walking around and he's just like, Hey, 
<laughs> Grey Worm, fuck oh, you. Three. <laughs> Just let's fucking there. fight, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know who I am? Oh, the man who killed Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I do like. Uh, I, I can see what you're saying about like it playing into. I guess his entire defining characteristic was uh, delusions of grandeur. You know, I mean, even though he technically yeah. was, he t- actually technically was a king. Uh, now that I think about it, like. Because he did get crowned in the Iron Islands. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, thinking, yeah. like, he, he's not a king as far as, like, King's Landing is concerned. But, but anyway. I did fuck the queen. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I ate her <okay>. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just all these details. Oh, you you know he did. Oh, She's yeah. got those tiny little hairs on her butthole. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> he's just like, what? That's really weird. She what saw you- my red eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, bum. <laughs> I gave her the eight on cracking. Um, I feel like that's a Iron Islands sex move um, involving some yoga. Anyway, so she yeah. sat on my salt throne. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, she swallowed my pike. Um, Ew. <laughs> Anyway, we're done. So There's a, I did not know there would be this many, this great of a well to pull from in <laughs> great joy sex puns. Iron Ireland's, yeah, sex puns. Um, so we see the hound and Arya, and she's just all open about it. No sneaky asset. That bothered me a little bit, too. Like, her great training. I mean, she used all of that to kill the Night King, and we're satisfied there, but... She just foregoes any training, trots slowly, canters up on a horse and announces, I'm going to kill the queen. Right. And I'm going to walk in the front door and up the stairs and and stab her in the face. (laughs) Well, I mean, they didn't have to do too much sneaking. There was a battle going on. I feel like the guards were definitely distracted. No, no. And they, for what eventually happens with her character, which is that the hound turns her away, you know, there couldn't have been any kind of ninja sneaking because it would have been much harder for him to find her to give her that speech. But, um, I really like that. I think that this, <laughs> this, sh- <laughs> sorry, I just got the image of him like, Ari, where the fuck to go? <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Get back here. <laughs> Pulls his face off. Oh shit. You're me. Um, people are so stupid. <laughs> um, so the night king. Oh, it's Azaria. You know, I really love doing that. <laughs> the themes that this show's announcing about the, the toll that uh, revenge takes on you. And that's expressed through not only the hound, but Daenerys and, um, you know, the, the lust for power and, and and toxic relationships. And that's another thing that bothered me about people that were angry about Daenerys and, or I'm sorry, uh, Jamie and Cersei. Like, why would he go back to her? That's so unbelievable. And I'm like, have you never seen a toxic relationship? Like I have, um, I grew up in the ghetto, so I've seen, countless wives stab their husbands with forks over dinner and then get them sent to prison. And he's a drug dealer too. And they're like, and then visit him in jail every single day and cry and bail him out. And right afterward. And you know what I mean? I've seen that thousands of times. It feels like and it, it. That's why it was so sad and real to me. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, all of this rings true to the characters and to life in a weird way because there's dragons and swords and yep. people don't like it. They want to escape. They don't like this ugly shit. But uh, 
I really do. And I can totally see. Um, so let's jump ahead a bunch. We all know what happens next, right? Daenerys turns and fucking destroys the whole city with Drogon. Tyrion's shocked. Everybody's upset. John is just abhorred. He tries to there save was, people uh, from getting raped. The Northers become the evil people. You see Lannisters doing good things and, you know, it's all gray again. Yay. Game of Thrones, right? Gray worm. <laughs> Yes. Gray worm. <laughs> Gray worm becomes the uh, angel My, of death. My, how the worm has turned. <laughs> Turn worm. Um, um, I yeah. know we're, we're, we can skip over all that, but there's one part that I want to point out, and I caught it on a rewatch when I went back and watched that scene again today. Her turning point and the acting there is that moment for her is the best acting she has ever done, where she's all mm-hmm. wide eyed and can't catch her breath and stuff. Like that was so. And she's doing it on a fucking you know mechanical bull on with in, a, in nothing a, but yeah. a green screen around her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, there's just a audio cue there that was off awesome because that's when the bells start to the bells start to ring and then you hear some the dragons roaring um and it cuts to Tyrion or I'm sorry the bells start to ring it cuts to Tyrion and then you hear dra- the dragon still roaring and the bells still going and then it cuts to Danny on the dragon that's roaring and stuff and then the bells turn into a cacophony of bells and mm-hmm. so it, it like really is playing into like a mental illness there um, or it's just really cool sound design. I'm going to lean with more of the character side of it, but it's like in that moment where she's almost suffering like a, a panic attack in the middle of like, oh my God, this is manifest destiny. This is the moment for her. And um, like that, the sound of the, of the bells of, of the surrender, like be, becomes like this war horn to her in a way, like it, it becomes chaos, like the sound mm-hmm. of it. And that was, I didn't catch that at all in my first watch. And I want to shut it up. It, I want to burn it down right yeah yeah it was crazy um it was so well done that that whole moment was beautiful well i I read somebody's take on it i just i want to throw this out there and this is not my words and i can't credit the author but it it expresses my feelings um because i have seen this slow build as much as i've been railing against it and her character but you know everybody's saying that what a sudden random stupid thing she had won the battle she could have sauntered up and killed cersei and ruled forever and that's true but that's not how life works right we make decisions based on how we feel and and demons that we have and we all do it even in smaller big ways and um it's like if you paint daenerys as this little girl raised from birth to have nothing but a hatred for this family that destroyed everything her family had Right. Right mm-hmm. or wrong. That's the only perspective that you have raised by a, a, a terrible person like Viserys. just the most selfish, rapey, greedy little fucker. And like that's he raised her. Do you know what I mean? And so her to be as sweet and wonderful she is, is really weird and rare. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so then she finally achieves her goal she comes to the seven kingdoms and all of a sudden there's this night king shit and she's like wait what you know what i mean and she falls in love with john who then rebukes her um finds out that she's not sacred and special necessarily like she thought she was uh now there's this guy who she loved who through no fault of his own has stolen the only thing she's ever had from her and then she loses Jorah. She loses Missandei. You know what I mean? She feels alone. She tells John, no one loves me here. They all fucking love you. And they've been building that up throughout this season. Everybody praising John for shit that she's been doing for years. I mean, you wrote a fucking dragon. Who does that? You know, and she's like, oh, I do all the time. I talk about it. You're either a king or a madman. Right. And, um, ooh, yeah. Nice. 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 Um, so then in that moment, some, the writer was expressing, <laughs> Nice. She's achieved her <laughs> nice, goal, bro. right? The bells signal that she's won the war and it does nothing to mm-hmm. fill that void in her. She feels no relief. So what do you do? 
you know, you, you, you get more, you know what I mean? You take another shot, like, fuck it. Uh, and that's the fury that she has. She looks over at the red keep and you can interpret it as she's looking that Circe's in there and she's getting angry. But some people are like, no, she's looking at the home that her family built 300 years ago that she was told everyone in it was singing sweet praises in her name and was just waiting for her return. And would, and nobody did. They didn't overthrow the gates like the people of Marine did. You know what I mean? They just gave up out of fear. And she's so hurt and angry that they're not like, yay, Danny. And like, that's what that happens in that moment. And I thought that like, I'm, I'm going to cry just talking about it right now. Like, that's so sad. It's a really good and interpretation it goes back to what she. And it's it, that goes back to what she told John is like, if she can't have love, then let it be fear. And so she starts, you know, making it be fearful. And also I, I, th- I thought another, somebody pointed out that when she kills Varys, she made it specifically as a point. So it would send a message to Sansa. Um, yeah. And so maybe this is this is another kind of message like, no, motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to mm-hmm. stay. This is my town. You know, if you don't love me, then fucking you'll you'll fear me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, that's what happened to Eris in a, some sense. You know, uh, he was always very paranoid, always cutting in the books. He's always cutting himself on the throne and twitching mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing enemies everywhere and trying to overflex his power and his own fear. Uh, you know what I mean? To make sure well, no made, one attacks he made, him. He made Jamie a Kingsguard just to, cause he was jealous of Tywin and yeah. Yeah. all that. Take away yep. his heir. Uh, speaking of Eris, um, when Danny is burning down the whole city, how cool is it that they had the little caches of wildfire yeah. blowing up throughout of it? Uh, that, that was so, that such that a was, nice little touch. That was, was such a, great a good touch. touch too, because like it dwarfed what he had planned on such an epic scale. You know, I mean, now to be fair, um, what's uh, Cer- what's her name? Jesus, Cersei was uh, did use a lot of it to <laughs> blow up the Sept of Baylor, right? But, um, like it was just enormous, huge waves of dragon fire and then little spurts of green mm-hmm. flame throughout that. And it was like it, it was such a beautiful, subtle callback to Eris and his whole burn them all plot subplot Kingslayer shit that I, I thought that that was whoever, whoever came up with that in the writing room. That was like a pat on the back moment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys think about the, the final culmination of Clegane bowl? I guess we have to talk about that before we wrap up. Oh, absolutely. Was that everything um, you wanted? Steve. Oh, dude, Clegane bowl rocked. It was, it was this. I mean, Clegane bowl is one of those things that, Game of Thrones fans have been like hyping up for fucking years to the point when mm-hmm. everyone thought Clegane or Sandor died in season, what was it, three? People were like, oh no, Clegane Bull's been canceled. And then when he returned and uh, Clegane Bull's back six, on. Yeah. Right. Clegane Bull's back on the menu. Yeah. Uh, and so when this happened, I mean, this is like probably the one thing in the entire episode that was considered like fan servicey. But man, I feel like it delivered like it was so fucking cool. I mean, from the mountain just crushing Kyburn's, like just yeeting him on the stairs. And that was amazing. And I loved it so much. Cersei kind of like doing the skirting pass. Uh, pardon me. Let, yeah. me just, uh, right. let me just sneak past you here. Excuse uh, me. Thank have, you. Have you guys seen the memes of the monkey like traipsing through water? <laughs> like this is yeah. how Cersei walks. Yeah. Just, it's so funny. And that's another thing. I don't know why it angers me so, but it's, you know, and it's not like real anger. I lose sleep over, but just when I read it, I'm like, God, you're a fucking idiot. But people upset that the hound and th- thinking it was unrealistic that he wouldn't 
kill or grab Cersei there. And it's like, it's so true. He doesn't give a fuck. He knows she's fucked. He's never cared. He's there for one thing and one thing only. And uh, I thought that was, that was awesome that they had her sneak Mm -hmm. past. Like what, what would he do? What would he need to do? Like, that's just a stupid fucking way to look at that scene. Look how beautifully shot it is with the dragon in the back and the broken staircase. Like you guys are animals, you're animals. Um, (laughs) And yes, he looks like Darth Vader uh, when he takes off his helmet. That's okay. It's okay. How could you do it any better than to nod at that? Right. That's cool. And I, I love the poeticness of, uh, I mean, I think I think the the what, do you, what would you call it? The switch of um, the mountain having Sandor up on the wall, and he puts his thumbs in his eyes, kind of like Oberyn. Yeah, throwback. There's so many like, callbacks to past that was episodes. Such a visceral callback. Like, I was like, no, because I hate Oberyn's death. It's like yeah. the most yeah. visceral thing to me. But the Hound had a much um, stronger then, skull. Yeah, when the, the <laughs> when the Hound like you know when they when they tumble off the tower. The hound ends up, you know, doing the thing. He gets the revenge he's always wanted at the at the cost of falling into fire. The one thing that like started this whole rivalry. Yeah, right. he put it. He pushed his own brother into fire, much to his own detriment. And I think yeah, that was such to a achieve good... his revenge, it completely consumed him. Right, and uh, yeah, I thought that was a beautiful end, even though it was satisfying at the same time. And uh, my girlfriend pointed out that you see the Drogon flying overhead and spouting flame, and how she kind of noticed that. Sandor doesn't blink, you know, like he's so terrible, but he's so focused and he's at the end. Right. And that, that doesn't phase him anymore. Like, fuck it. Um, you know, Andy, interesting when to he me, called that's... me, he, you had that call back to Jaws and because throughout the episode, you have people ducking through the streets and it's kind of almost like Afghanistani, like a hurt locker type film all of a sudden. Right. And you know, walls exploding and flame shooting. And all you do, is you see the dragon shadow or a quick flit of a tail. And, you know, you see the flames and hear the roars and you don't know where it's going to come from. And it's so tense and crazy. And mm-hmm. it is like Jaws because, you know, you can see the fen and then, oh, where'd it go? And you can, you know, like, right. oh, yeah, just keep. <laughs> swimming uh, and, the, is, and the music too is almost like an inversion of jaws too throughout that whole it's like Bram! you know what i mean like the whole yeah. thing is so fucking cool uh what's interesting to me a little bit in the game bowl um you know it's something that's you know, like steve said such a fan service hyped up moment like the motivate character motivation for sander is there obviously you know what i mean his brother fucking like yeah. burnt scarred the shit out of him and ruined his life what is Gregor's motivation you're like you played with my toy once back when we were kids like why why, why does he hate his brother so much you know what I mean like that was a fucking original edition Millennium Falcon you little shit (laughs) you ruined it (laughs) I thought they did such a a good idea that was a first run tickle me Elmo and you ruined it they they did such a good because the whole problem with Clegane Bowl bowl is that uh the mountain is no longer quite the mountain, right? He's Sir Robert right. Strong now. So how, what satisfaction is there in, in Sandor achieving revenge against someone who's not there to, mm. to see it, right? Um, it's like somebody wrongs you and you stab them to death while they're in a coma, right? There's nothing satisfying about that. And the showrunners did this amazing job of rehumanizing the mountain in that moment. Like you see the recognition in his eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he says, fuck off Cersei and kills Kyburn. And so now you realize so awesome. he's fucking, he's in there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's satisfaction in this. 
that's what I thought of Clegane Bowl. I think that's what I was talking about. Uh, I, I space out. So, um, are you are, are you okay? <laughs> overall thoughts. Uh, definitely love that. Um, yeah, I think that's. Do we have anything else to mention uh, about this episode in particular? Um, I mean, there was so much. Obviously, Arya uh, Maisie Williams just fucking incredible. It's like actually shocked me um, how well she did, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I took it as. It building up her hatred for Daenerys and, you know, um, kind of a change in her character as she's seen some really terrible things. But you know, this is just awful. Um, but, yeah, that's what all, all of that meant to me was just a believable hatred for Daenerys, um, like her attempting to save the women and little girls and then them getting like fucking Hiroshima to the ground. That was just right. that shocked me that they chose to do that. Just like the rigor mortis burned corpses frozen and embraced with a little toy and shit like that was very effective um, i thought it was a really clever idea of the showrunners to or the writer or whoever to um put her in the city in that way to give us a point it, it was like a martin-esque move to put her in there to give us a point of view to work our way through the, On the chaos ground level that's happening exactly sure. yeah so to to yeah exactly Ooh, to get, you're to right get, that's something george would have definitely done yeah, absolutely. Maybe um, Barristan's right, and they they've read that chapter. <laughs> um, I I thought that uh, uh, a couple of things. Um, when Danny turns, there was. Did you notice how like there's a lot of battle and stuff happening? But after the turn of Danny, um, did you notice how much bloodier the episode got? Yeah, like all of within like a minute of uh, her turning, uh, you see like a dude take a a sword to the collar that like goes down through his chest another dude gets his hands cut off immediately another guy takes an axe to the face and then like and then you have gray worm like going fucking uh hammer time darth maul and this bitch like just going crazy (laughs) you know what i mean like all of a sudden it just went super super bloody and the it was a cool little uh camera thing too like they changed the color temperature and made everything redder um after she made her turn somebody Um, tweeted right after episode five that episode was too bright and it, <laughs> it fucking killed me. That was so funny. Uh, we didn't even mention the, how hilarious and awesome it was that the Golden Company was poised for battle right outside the walls. And we thought we were going to see this epic clash. And then th- th- it just exploded in dragon fire and they all died immediately. And I was so badass. Immediately thought of Andy. Like he's so happy right now. What's, what's the captain of the golden company's name? Is Harry Strickland? Strickland. Yeah. I love how Harry Strickland gets up and it almost looks like that shot from battle of the bastards where John's facing down the cat cavalry mm-hmm. and he stands up and then he's just like, Nope. And turns around and starts running away. <laughs> That's exactly what it's supposed to look like. Did you watch the behind the scenes? Oh, no, I didn't. So they did that as like a purposeful mirror of John. Oh, did they really? To That's kind awesome. of depict that the black, you know, the gray areas of war. And now the northerners are the evil invaders. Whereas before it was, you know, Ramsey and his men against the good, the clear good guys. But now our good guys are the ones opposite the battlefield, right? They're. They're the scary, crazy ones. And um, I thought that was very effective and cool that you noticed that because I didn't. I just saw it in the behind the scenes. 
<laughs> I also um, I also love the uh, I mean it's Miguel Sapochnik episode. So of course we got the the standard make Jon Snow look cool shot that he does in every one of his episodes, where it's like kind of a low angle tilted shot of Jon looking towards the right of the screen, like ready to yeah. go with a sword out, <laughs> cutting um, his way through. Yeah, uh, dude, Miguel Sapochnik is such a great director. Like I said, like there, there was there were story beats that as they were happening, I was thinking like ah, I don't know about this, but they're pulled off so well, and it's all from a direction and cinematography stance, um, uh, way of thinking. They pull it off so well that by the end of the episode, I'm like, I'm into it. I'm yeah, mm-hmm. I'm down. Yeah, let's do and it. That's, let's- that stare down. I guess we need we need to mention the, the Grey Worm v. Jon Snow stare down too. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like that, they're definitely so okay. Let's just dive right in because I've got some things. Um, the only other thing to mention of serious note is, of course, the beautiful ending. Uh, where the pale horse goes to pick up its little angel of death. Uh, and there's some really bad theories like Bran warged into the horse. It's like, you're a fucking, you're an idiot. That's not, you stop, stop. I saw a theory that the horse works for Uber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just arriving in three I, minutes. I do think it's kind of, I want, I want to know what their, their thought of the horse's symbolism is because that, that horse looks exactly like the, the little toy that the little girl she's trying to save, she's holding a horse that looks exactly like that, like a toy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know like what their interpretation of that visual metaphor is. I think that the, the viral, you know, allegory version of it, the biblical yeah, it's angel of been death a symbol of death for sure is, is accurate. I think that that was the intention is that our little, our little murder captain is uh has one last little mission she added daenerys to her list and uh for you know she has violet eyes in the book but i think greenish eyes in the show and that that's her last kill um so i've got some as much as i think predictions and how they actually play out are funny so i think john and gray worm will do battle they will he will kill gray worm mm-hmm. um i think that Daenerys will attempt to execute Tyrion for his betrayal and that Tyrion will be saved yet again from a death sentence a third time, this time by Jon, who will, that'll be the catalyst of the final straw for Jon, right? Um, like he's going to be just shocked, but kind of frozen to Daenerys after this and then kind of thinking about it. And then she's going to try to execute Tyrion. He's going to stand up. I don't know what Drogon's going to do or if his Targaryen lineage will save him at all during that battle. I haven't figured that out, but I suspect Mm -hmm. it will come into play. Um, And then I think ultimately Arya will kill Daenerys in some fashion. I hope she survives. Jon will die at some point somehow. And Sansa and Tyrion will be left to rule the rubble and maybe some kind of new government form. I don't know. What do you guys think of all that? Hmm. Hmm? Um, I think Drogon's going to have to die at some point. Uh, I don't think that you can end the season with dragons still being a thing. There's Um, no room in this world for dragons anymore. Right. Exactly. Um, I, uh, I agree a hundred percent about John doing battle with gray worm. Uh, I don't know about Tyrion surviving at this point. I, I feel like he is a, I hate to say this because he's been such a linchpin, but almost a superfluous character now. He he does, has not served a purpose in quite some time. Um, I don't think his character is done, though. 
you start off as this deformed, uh, or I guess disabled, I'm sorry, um, disabled boy, right? Because in the books, he has a lot of other issues than just dwarfism, right? He's missing mm-hmm. a nose and stuff. But okay, so in the show, um, he's just a dwarf. Um, so he's had a very hard upbringing in this medieval society that it, it doesn't accept people with disabilities at all, much less they're having any access. Uh, raised by Tywin, who hates him, and Cersei, who's you know a bitch to him, and then he's a drunken lecher who loves books and and having sex, which you can't blame him because those things are awesome. Um, then this arc, <laughs> but he's never had this resolution. You know, he's betrayed his first love. I believe her name was Tisha. Um, mm-hmm. You know, actually a prostitute. Her father lets like 40 people fuck her in front of him and then makes him fuck her last. Like that's awful for like a 17 year old and to your wife. Right. Right. And then his next lover, uh, Shay, who heard his dad bangs her I'm like, yep. and then he has to kill her and then kill his dad and then go on this crazy journey. And you can tell he's always loved Sansa, which is weird in the books. She's still like solid 16 and they met when she was 13, but it's whatever I get it in the show. It's different. And mm-hmm. so there's no, you know what I mean? Like he deserves something. I think I agree. And now I agree. he's seen his brother is the only person that's ever cared about him die. I think he deserves to survive and live out some sort of, quietude uh so you know what i mean right and then Euron's gonna show up and be like sup bro let's fight <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think about all that steven how do i think it's gonna end or yeah any predictions you have your thoughts on what we've said blah blah blah, blah. the year 1986 <laughs> location mars no um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, I don't know. I, I I don't really like to play these prediction games because I don't know. Because I don't. This is the I, last I don't know. one, Steve. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like almost everyone's gonna die except for I don't I don't think Tyrion. I think Tyrion's gonna live. I think Jon's gonna live. I think Sansa's gonna live. Um, but everyone else I feel like is everyone else who's at like King's Landing right now is fair game I'm sure Sam and Gilly is going to be fucking fine you know making babies up in wherever the fuck they go mm. uh, do, do you really think John's going to live yeah I, I have a feeling that John's going to I feel like he's going to live but he's going to do the um, there's going to be like a Frodo Baggins type ending for him where he fucks off to the Shire and writes a book and then uh, and then decides he's going to go hang out with elves for all of eternity or whatever. <laughs> That's the um, only chance that John survives is that he turns down the crown one last time, absolutely refuses. And there's some lesson in there about lust for power or whatever. Right. And goes to the north to live out the rest of his days with the wildlings and ghost. Yeah. He's got the north in you. And he boops the snoot. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to boop that snoot, right? (laughs) If this series doesn't have a one last shot of of going up to Ghost saying, it was you all along, and then like Frenching him right before Euron comes out and goes, so bro, it's fine. (laughs) That story is dead to me. Just bleeding from his stomach into the snow. Yeah, motherfucker. Um I'd anyway. love it if they did some crazy twist, like, um, you know, how it has felt like the Night King was just a red herring all this time. Um, if like if they did something fucking bizarre, like John has to become the new Night King in order to stop the unstoppable Daenerys or something. And it's just a never ending cycle of, 
humanity is no good and we keep having to create this supernatural force to try to temper our you know terrible uh machinations and shit i think that would be fucked up and weird and i don't think it would pay off there's no way they could do it right but i'd love it if they did it it's terrible andy i'm misanthropic (laughs) (laughs) nolan-esque but yeah I think right. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where all the all the chips land next episode. It's really going to be make or break for I feel like a lot of people. Um, I'm sure once next week's episode ends, there's going to be a a litany of people breaking their keyboards, uh, telling the world how awful the show is. And, I'm, I'm and excited. Just as many people defending it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I will then, be uh, a watcher on the wall. And then Donald Trump's going to tweet something and the world's going to move on because that's how it is. Right. Danny was um, right. Well, keep sending in your emails. Let us know your predictions for the series finale of Game of Ooh. Fucking Thrones. Um, email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and share us on the Facebook and follow us on the Twitter and all those things. We would really mm. like that, actually, as much as I sounded coy. That'd be so dope. <laughs> If you, if you don't do if you don't do that, you're on Greyjoy's just gonna show up and fight you. What if the, the last shot so that Sansa's queen and then we get a whole Reddit uh credit roll and then there's a stinger of just bloody Euron crawling up the rocks going, I'm gonna fuck the queen again. <laughs> and then it's over. New day, new queen. Ah. <laughs> She's anyway. going to sit on my salt throne. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, right, that's all we've got for this week. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Fuck the queen. If any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth. I'm going to have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. <laughs>